another edition of Growing Up Gay. This is Malik, and we have the beautiful Vaughn with us. What's up, y'all? What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vaughn. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up Gay. Um, Malik, we have some great things planned for them, but first... Do you want to tell them what you've been up to during the quarantine? We, <laughs> child, we do have some great things uh, planned for y'all. Um, and uh, the quarantine, y'all, I've been doing Instacart. I've had my face mask on, gloves on, <laughs> out here delivering groceries, out here really seeing what the fuck y'all um, are putting in y'all houses. <laughs> and I think what <laughs> I think what is the most interesting thing about this whole quarantine and people like um having their groceries delivered is like wow you would think that people would be like trying to eat things like to make their immune nope. system as strong as possible Mm-mm. no no it's trash cookies cakes mm-hmm. and pies like it, it's hilarious it really is so comical to me that um the things that people are eating and you know i'm trying not to be like that judgy person that's like judging everyone's order but i absolutely am judging <laughs> you um i mean the, I, I mean i've realized that americans have awful eating habits mm-hmm. i mean the worst we the also, worst uh, Ameri- eating habits uh, i've also, ever seen it's there's a part of the culture here to eat too much like just oh yeah to overeat yeah 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 come come i yeah absolutely like so um between instacart and like teaching private yoga to like the clients that i have um i've been pretty much like at home um when i'm not like hustling or when i'm oh my god hustling yeah because here's the thing bitch i have some things that need to get Mm -hmm. accomplished um like paying off loads of credit card debt that I, that I have been really uh, strategic with, like paying it off in the next four months, which is going to be awesome. That's like my trajectory. And I'm pretty much on that track. So I think it's going to, I think I, I know it's going to happen. And you know, Hey, even if it doesn't happen those four mm-hmm. months, it'll, you know, be, you're going to make it happen. Time. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen regardless. So between Instacart teaching private yoga and then teaching like virtual yoga which has been you know interesting because um like teaching on the zoom app most of the students that i teach they don't cut their camera on so it's like i'm just kind of like practicing by myself and they're just listening to me which is cool because um it gives me a chance to like not have to focus on like giving them so much feedback and instruction where i can kind of just like have my own Mm -hmm. practice which is refreshing because generally when i'm teaching I don't teach um, from the mat. Like, I'm not a yoga teacher that actually practices with the students. I generally don't actually do the flow with you. I'm generally, like, kind of, like, observing and offering um, critique mm. and offering assistance throughout right. the flow. Um, but now it's, like, the opposite. Now I'm having to actually do do the flow and talk it out at the same time, which is do you feel like and do you feel like Destiny's Child running on a treadmill trying to sing? <laughs> Listen, I literally because that's that's what it is. Like I'm trying to talk while also doing the movements full right. out. You know, like because obviously we're not in the same place, so they have to really see it because most of the students aren't able to. Well, I won't say that they they aren't able to, but they're not used to like actively right. listening um, to like just listen to my voice and to cue them into the postures most of the students want to see you demo it so it's been interesting it's been interesting for sure it's been interesting um, 
what's going on with you? Like, what? Hold on. Like, like, what day is this? Is this like quarantine At day this 30? Point. <laughs> this like, is like day know, like third thirty eight or something. I don't even know. I'm so yeah. I think I'm so. so. Thrown I think off so. With this whole quarantine thing. Um, but I've been good. I've been obsessing over money, similarly to you. Um, been just looking over my finances and creating plans of action in order to get everything in order because, you know, what is life if your finances aren't in order? Um, and I think if, if nothing Ooh, else, this quarantine amen. has taught a lot of us that we need to be smarter <laughs> with our money and that we need to save more. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. I've been also... Um, just trying my best to like I was saying earlier about how we eat a lot like subconsciously like we, it's just a part of our culture to eat 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 um I think especially yeah. as someone that was working out prior to all this stuff happening I was so used to eating like five structured meals a day and then I like had a a click in my mind where I was like bitch you ain't working out because <laughs> I'm sorry this at-home <laughs> workout shit I'm not knocking anybody that does it. I truly commend y'all. It's just not really working yeah. for me. Every now and again, I try to throw in a few push-ups, a, a, a few, you know, squats. I, my friend and I were doing, like, these 30, 45-minute workout sessions uh, via FaceTime with each other. And it's just not for me. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm yeah. not knocking anyone. It's just not for me. So what I've been trying to do is, like, yeah. really focus on uh, managing what I'm eating and how much I'm eating. And I've also been doing intermittent fasting, um, which I've actually mm-hmm. been loving and is actually not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, it was way harder to do because I've tried to do it before when I was working out. But now that I'm not working out, it's, like, kind of easy. And I almost feel bad <laughs> for how easy it is to do. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've genuinely been enjoying it. So I've just been planning for the future. Um, I've been obsessed. I'm obsessed with money in general. If, if, if you didn't know that about me, anyone that truly knows me knows I love talking about money. I'm one of those people that like will tell you how much I make, will ask you how much you make. I'm one of those people that will have a good quote unquote good job and still get another one to like just listen, just to stack up, just to save, just to put money, you know, away. That's the it really is. Um, <laughs> it yeah. really is. So I've just been like obsessed with this YouTube series. It's called Millennial Money. I literally spent all of yesterday watching the entire series. Um, I was introduced to it by this, uh, the story of this um, Nigerian girl named Bacola who lives in New York, makes $210,000 a year and saves $7,000 a month. Wow. A month. Sis lives, like when I say below, <laughs> uh, her, 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 her <laughs> line. Not below, below. She lives like <laughs> six feet under the line. Like she could be living far more fab than she is. Not that she's living shabby because she's living a pretty, she's pr- living pretty similarly to how I was living in New York. So I kind of like to say that she's living my lifestyle while making two well three times more than i made um so i was introduced to the story by her um and then i just started watching it. and it's just it, what it is it's really interesting to see how millennial millennials at, of all ages because bacola is only 24 but they have people up to like mid to late 30s because they're considered millennials as well if i'm not mistaken it's 1981 yeah 1981 yeah. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so they have literally a, a, a wide um age range they have people that live in different cities it's not just new york uh they they even have people that like make a 
um, less money. And it's really, really interesting because some of the people with the best money um, management skills are the people that aren't making the most money. <laughs> and it's funny because mm-hmm. you have some, mm-hmm. I will say though, the majority of the people that are like young and wealthy and doing really well for themselves, that didn't come from money because there are some that literally come from nothing. Um, those people, I will acknowledge, they are very smart with their money. They're very frugal, you know. They um, make better decisions than some of us have made. <laughs> um, but then there's also people that like. There's a, there's a girl on there that makes thirty six thousand dollars a year. And when I saw that, I said, "In a no, no, in no. New she York? lives in North Carolina." Um, okay, yeah. And it's funny because, and this just goes back to like decisions. I was very proud of her, like, when I was, like, watching her story. I was like, oh, she's doing really well for herself for someone that makes, like, only $36,000 a year. And then she was like, I don't have health insurance, um, and I don't save, but I spend $600 a month mm. on food. I was like, sis. Ooh, bitch, you are I was like, niece, now you wrong. can go get you some health insurance for $200 and, and save I mean, $100 sis. a month and still have $300 to spend on food. Because, mind you, food is not just groceries like and she was like and she was like i'm a vegan so i just i rather buy more expensive food because i know it's organic hi i was vegan for two years you don't need to spend even 300 dollars a month on groceries if if you're doing it right so i was like there's something in that equation that just isn't adding up for me but i was like i'm gonna let sis cook without her insurance or you know savings. what you were talking about Americans like overeating. Americans overeat and we overspend and we also like overthink. Like everything that we do, we we do it in the most like ostentatious, mm-hmm. gaudy way. Like that's why our landfills are so over capacity. Excess. It's that's like, America's biggest problem, just, gluttony. Yes, like we are so excessive mm-hmm. with everything that we do and um it's like it's it's not surprising to me that people that make thirty, forty thousand dollars spend like they make eighty to one hundred and twenty. Like that's not surprising to me at all. Like they're oftentimes with Americans, like the more money they the, the more money they spend the, the more the more money they make in their salary, the more debt they begin mm-hmm. to rack up. Like Oh my God. It's that just, is so true. Cause so many of them had debt yeah. in the one hundred, two hundred, and I was like, excuse me? And you're like, how? How did you get that much debt? Yeah, ciao. Oh! It's possible. One more thing. America is really trash. There's this lady that lives in Finland on $42,000. And she has enough money to do everything, including childcare. And, like, they live good in Finland on 42000 So I just wanted to specify that. Because she has no debt, no school debt. Um, as a matter of fact, because school and stuff is free there... Students can can still take out loans if they need them, but how you utilize that loan is up to you, right? So sis took out a loan and bought a house and then flipped that house and bought another house. Mm. I was like, see, America, y'all doing it wrong. <laughs> y'all are doing it all yeah. wrong. So perspective. Well, yeah, it's all about perspective. It's all about, you know, what's important to you. Um, speaking of doing it wrong, let's talk about getting it right, getting it together. If you guys are new to the show, the Get It Together section is a section when Vaughn and I talk about something that's happening in our life, whether it's a societal tip, a health tip, a wellness tip, just something that we think is important, something that's been resonating with us. So my Get It Together this week is titled Shake the Table. Mm. Come on, Kate Shout Michelle. out to Keisha Cole. Ooh. I mean, ooh. Not, not Keisha, Keisha Cole. Cole. Not heaven sent. <laughs> I mean, they're practically twins. <laughs> let's be clear. 
let's be clear. Uh, Shake the Table, shout out to Kay Michelle. Um, so the reason I, I named it Shake the Table is because I think that our world has been turned upside mm-hmm. down. And I'm sure you guys know I'm talking about this COVID-19 virus and how it almost seems like seems like the world has kind of ended as we know it. It's um, paused, which you know, is never the way done before. That, yeah, yeah. You know, like the way that we interact with our friends and our family has completely changed the way that we work has completely changed the way that we get our groceries you know the way that we go to church everything has changed around us the world that we knew just two months ago is over and it's never coming back and our table has literally been shaken um and you know i hear a lot of people talking about hey you know once this is over we'll go back to normal but honestly i don't think they'll be another normal Mm. as we knew it there's gonna be a new normal there's a whole new world out there and when when i say shake the table it's time for us to shake our own table Mm. now like the world mother nature has already shaken us up this virus has already come into our world and, and changed our normal but now it's time for us to do like some internal shaking shaking up our environment shaking up our friends shaking up our family shaking up ourselves and really making um a new decision on like hey Almost like, um, I was, I was watching this video today. There's this guy named um, Just Will on Instagram that I follow, and he was talking about, you know, Bible stories like Noah's Ark and how we can look at this time as our own ark. You know, deciding what will come with us into the next season, what what's important, what's not important, and so as we're building this ark, as we're feeling it, we really have this this amazing gift, this amazing opportunity to say, hmm. These pieces feel good. These pieces mm. don't feel good. And we're and we're able to really like do a deep dive into what we want to take with us and what we don't. And that can cause a stir. That's something that it's it can have like this earth-shattering effect, but I think it's really worth it because here's the thing. When the world changed underneath our feet overnight last month, two months ago, and in January, because Corona has been happening for mm-hmm. a while. But when our life literally changed, it shook the table without a moment's notice. There was no time to prepare for this. And what I'm saying is, now that we're in this season, now that we're in this moment, you don't have to wait until things get back to normal because they're not. You can shake your table right now. You can fill your arc with what's important to you right now. You don't have to wait for something to become better or for thing or or for the mall to open up mm-hmm. or for school to open up or for your job to open back up. You can do these things right now. And um I think if you're waiting for something to get back normal so that you can be comfortable again, I think you're waiting and it's never going to happen because the normalcy that you once knew is not coming Mm -hmm. back because it's been shaken up. It's been stirred up. And unfortunately, um, once the dust does settle, things are going to be so unrecognizable. Your life won't even look the same. And I think a good question to ask yourself is, did you really even like that life? Mm. Do you even want to go back the way it was? You know, like, do you want to revert back to the old behavior? Do you do you like that job that you had in the mm-hmm. past? Do you want to go back to that? Do you want to go back those to those same habits? Those toxic Yeah, those same habits. And so, you know, 
Think about it. Think about what shaking your table looks like. Think about what you want to put on your arc when we come out of this. And uh, yeah, that's my get it together. Shake the table, y'all. Shake it up, <laughs> shake it up, shake it uh, up. You know what's funny? I don't. I didn't plan a, a get it together for this week um, because it, it's what I've kind of been talking to myself about, but it actually aligns perfectly with yours. And that's... Don't always. they always? Twitter has this joke, yeah. right, about things being like a cultural reset, right? They'll say, oh, you know, Rihanna's good girl gone bad moment. That was a cultural reset. Um, um, uh, the Beyonce self-titled album, that was a cultural reset. Um, you know, th- moments like yeah. that. And, and joke aside, I really think that's what this is. And I think the one consistent mm-hmm. conversation that I've been having with everyone, and I didn't even realize this until just now, is much like you said, our past life is done. What we knew yeah. is has ceased, right? Yeah. This is the moment for a literal, a literal cultural and global reset. And Malik, you and I were discussing this even last night about which side of the reset are you going to be on? Are you going to be one yeah. of the people that didn't take, or didn't learn anything from this? As Tyra Banks would say, learn something from this. Right? Are you going to be one of the people that didn't learn anything from this? Or are you going to be one of the people that was like, whoa, that showed me that life can really hit you and like it not be a fair fight? You know what I mean? And yeah. that's yeah. why I've been in the state that I've been in of, of preparing for, you know, working on myself now so that way when, you know, outside is open again, <laughs> whatever right? Whatever that looks like, like <laughs> that I can do my best to never find myself in the position that I'm currently in or in in any aspect. That's just not a financial thing. It's literally every aspect. I want to do the best for myself. So I I want everyone to take heed to what you just said and like really think about life, what they want out of life, what they want for themselves, the things they want to accomplish, the the people they want to be, the people they want to associate with everything. Like when you go back to life and you'll be able to enjoy brunches and you'll be able to um, run to the corner store without <laughs> thinking if, that, if that's going to be it for you or not. When we can really go back and live our lives, do you want to go back to living a life that you didn't enjoy or a life that didn't really speak to you? Or are you going to evolve and step into a, a whole new world? You know? So that's that. I guess that's my get it together. The same as yours this week. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. What up, y'all? It's Vaughn. Hope you all are enjoying the episode thus far. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the podcast, or you have a question, or if you need some advice in regard to something, please feel free to reach out to us at Vaughn at GrownUpGay.com, Malik at GrownUpGay.com, or GrownUpGay at gmail.com. If you have any questions in regard to those uh, addresses, please feel free to check the down bar below. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, you guys, we're back with this week's Growing Up Gay, which is titled You a Hoe. A conversation about sex positivity. Use a hoe, use a hoe, sideline hoe. Um, now, I know the title is probably, you know, you got to think thinking one thing, but it's completely different. Or is it? Um, so the first question is, what exactly is sex positivity? What, what does it mean to be sex positive? If you don't know, what it means to be sex positive is it means to have um, an, 
a positive view of your sexuality. It means that you understand your personal identity, whether it's your body, nudity, expression, whatever that means to you. And you're able to look at that in a positive way w without judging others and being free from, ridic from ridicule. And a good example of that is, you know, let's say for an example, you have a partner and your partner is like, you know, hey, bae, um, I'm into this particular kink. And you completely shut them down and you don't give them an opportunity to really explore that or talk about that or, or, or you don't hold space for that. You shame them and you tell them that that's wrong or, you know, you bring up religion or you, you bring up societal structures. All those things kind of go against what it means to be sex positive. So just think about sex positivity as being, you know, welcoming, being warm and allowing people the freedom to express themselves authentically. Um, and, you know, this conversation really came up for me because um, if you guys follow me online, I have been on this journey the last, mm, let's say about three months without been, you know, dieting and working out and your boy got a six pack now. Okay, let's be clear. Um, and um, and I've been sharing that online, you know, kind of posting pictures shirtless and just doing things that um, in the past I... I, yeah, I've been I've been letting it all hang out. And so the other day, I posted a video of myself dancing to Usher Sex Beat. And this is it's this new song featuring Lil Jon and um Ludacris that I really 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 like. And I was dancing to the song cuz it just something about the beat and the lyrics just really just moved me. And I recorded myself doing it on TikTok and I was thinking to myself, "Hmm, should I post this video because it's really risqué. I'm I'm wearing these shorts. Now granted they're workout shorts, but still, they're really short and you know, they're coochie cutters. And I'm wearing these shorts and I'm dancing. I'm thinking, hmm, should I post this video? Like, and, and, and things are going through my mind. I'm thinking like, well, what, what will people think? You know, is this too much? I've never done this before. All these, you know, hesitations. But then I begin to think about, well, why? Why am I so concerned about what other people are going to think? You know, this is my page. This is my body. I've worked to look like this. I want to share it. But then I begin to think about, well, after I posted the video, I began to kind of think about, well, hmm, why why didn't I post videos like that before? Before I, you know, lost 25 pounds and got toned and like, what what was that about? And, and then I began to think, well, about body positivity. I began to think about desirability. I began to think about um, what people think is sexy um, in a more commercial way. And... You know, I begin to think about, well, maybe it's because I didn't think that the body I had before was desirable or sexy. And although, you know, the body I had before was fine, people thought that body was sexy. People thought that body, you know, was, was good was good and, and perfect. But, you know, to a degree, I didn't think that. And when we talk about body positivity, I think that the comfortability that I have now in this new body, in this new thing that I'm doing, I wish I would have had that then. And I really had to take like a deep dive into looking at, well, why didn't I feel that way? So ultimately, that kind of, that internal conversation led me to think about what it means to be sex positive, what it means to embrace your body and expression and how you view your sexual identity in a, in a well-rounded 360 way. Um, and then that conversation kind of led me to think about, well, where how can you learn about these things and and 
how did my childhood inform me growing up gay, what it means to be positive and to affirm the body that I have and to love the body that I have. And then I began to just do some research. And, and, and as I did more research, I saw that um, that in Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, and Mississippi, the Bible Belt, that these states have barred LGBTQ inclusive sex education and other resources that will help queer kids understand what it means to have sex, what it means to understand that their bodies are different, that, that, that their minds are different, and to also have information that is affirming and inclusive outside of just, you know, the cishet normal structure that we see every day, right? Um, and so as we're thinking about sex positivity, we know that we draw information and we draw our resources from a lot of media that is one-sided, a lot of media that affirms, you know, heterosexual identity. And we know that, honestly, there isn't a lot of... Um, queer people really can't get their information from those places because it's not affirming. It's it's actually really discriminatory. And it aids in poor body image. It aids in poor sexual practices. It aids in um, just a lot of negative things that, that sex can be so amazing and so powerful and so affirming, but it leads us sometimes on a really negative path when it comes to sex and being positive about how we view ourselves and being positive about how we actually use sex and how we see ourselves and our bodies and our images. So the first question I have for you, Vaughn, is who had the birds and the bees talk with you and how did that shape your ideas on sex and identity at the time? No one. Um, my parents and I actually never had the um, bir- I, birds and the bees talk. I don't even think I had that with like my brothers. Um, I was exposed to sex at an early age a few different ways. Um, but I never had the birds and the bees talk with anyone. It's funny. I've always been very mature, like even as a child. <laughs> and yeah. um, I've always also been very inquisitive, a.k.a. nosy. So I always wanted to know mm-hmm. more and learn more and see more and like... I remember when I started to be more sexual um, or or at least be able to acknowledge that side of myself. um, That was probably around, this is probably going to sound bad because I was young, Um, but like eight. Like eight, eight and nine is kind of when I realized like, oh, I like that person and I like want to do things with that person, but I don't know exactly what I want to do or what I should be doing. Um, so then I started watching things like um, Real Sex on HBO. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I was like nine, not eight. Either way, I was young. <laughs> um, Real Sex on HBO. Um, I have two older brothers that are significantly older. Uh, one's eight years older than me, so like they were already having sex, and they would. I would come home from school, and they would be like fucking <laughs> in their rooms and stuff and i would be like what is that noise <laughs> um mm. what is going on who is screaming what is happening right. up in that room and i have a really funny story i remember one time I, it's it's kind of traumatic <laughs> i remember one time my Ooh, brother was actually okay. having sex with this girl and she was screaming I'm like, oh my god, like, like screaming out of like, pain like sex or like screaming. But sex cries. as a nine year old, you don't really know the difference between that and someone like genuinely just yeah. right. So I had no clue. Yeah. Um, okay. So me, 
as an empath. I'm just joking. <laughs> but <laughs> me being me, uh, I'm a save a hoe kind of person. So I'm like, what is going on? Right. I'm banging on the door. And oh. I remember my brother opened the door in like a towel. No, was he, he was like a towel. Like, what the fuck oh. is going on? Like, okay. Why are you banging on my door? And I remember like pushing him. I'm like, who's hurt? Who? I hear a girl screaming. And the girl in the bed is, in the comforter is like, um, <laughs> like. Right. Right. She's gagged. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing to her? You're hurting her. And he's like, man, oh. get out of the room. <laughs> get out of the room. So, the, <laughs> oh, so yeah. like yeah. I was, expl- I, I, and after that, like I, I, my, my, my brothers were. They're very handsome young men. They're very popular young men. So they got, they had, they got a lot of girls, and they did not hide it from me that like they were fucking women. So it was a very regular thing for me to like come home and hear my brothers having sex with someone, or like, um. My room was next to my brother's room. So, like, if at nighttime they snuck someone, like, I remember my brother snuck this girl, this white girl. <laughs> he snuck this white girl in his room and he was fucking her. It was nighttime. So, I guess he figured my mom wouldn't find out. Um, but, of Did yes, she? because he was fucking the shit okay. out of her. And so, of course, the girl wasn't super quiet. <laughs> and then, like, my mom's banging on the door like what the fuck is going on and my mom is livid and my mom starts cussing him out yeah. she's cussing the girl out you know like she's going off and i remember just standing from my door being like mm-hmm. i heard everything happen. right <laughs> like so i right. always say i never had the sex talk um but i was aware of it from a young age and when it comes to gay sex again I googled <laughs> and mm-hmm, porn mm-hmm. was a lot of my introduction at mm-hmm. like 10 and 9. I remember I think everyone has this story, especially us, you know the 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 family computer days, you know, kids nowadays get their own laptop and their own, you know, ma- a tablet or whatever the case may be. Um right. they didn't have to share a family computer, but like my I remember the first time I ever like decided to look up gay sex because I really realized like oh, I'm gay. That's what this is. I was like 10. Right. And for whatever reason, don't ask me why, I I looked up like um, gay military men having sex, <laughs> gay <laughs> on ask. It was Ask Jeeves. That's how you know it's OG. Um, oh, that's vintage. That's okay, old vintage. school. Okay, grown. Yeah. Um, and I remember freaking out because I didn't realize that like once you type something into the search bar, it's it there, was forever. there forever. And I remember oh, literally crying for like bitch. 30 minutes, that. freaking out, like hyperventilating. Because if you typed in. Bitch, like hit Right, and then the thing is. And it won't delete. Gay army men having sex has a lot of. <laughs> it's not It's not oh, like I went to like Pornhub and then like. Okay, I feel like that that scene was so prevalent in, yeah. in that era. The gay mm-hmm. army sex, I feel like, in like 2000. Three and four, five. five. Yeah. Gay army sex was so. And prevalent. I remember typing in like, and then you know what's so funny? I didn't even realize it because I looked and I was like, oh, okay, they're naked. And then like I clicked. <laughs> uh, I wasn't even like jacking <laughs> off or anything yet. It was just like, oh, this is what this is. And then I remember clicking out of yes. it and I went back on the computer to look something else up. And that's how I noticed. There. Oh shit! It still pops up if you type anything else in. Yes. So I ended up having to call my yeah. brother, uh, my middle brother, and being like. Oh my god! I was I was just trying to look up something for school, and then then this other thing came up, and now I don't know how to get rid of it. And he was like, "Yo, what are you talking about?" And I was like, 
it's this it's it's sex and it's the, and it, it's army and it's sex and, and it won't stop and then he starts dying laughing and he's like you can delete it from the, the search bar and I was like, I don't know how to delete it. Just tell me how to delete it. And I was bawling. <laughs> and he's laughing. Oh, my god! And he gosh. tells me over the phone how to delete whatever I'm searching for. So it's just, like I said, I was never d- talk. I never. I still, to this day, have never discussed even dating, really, with my parents. So. Yeah. I haven't. But were, did you get the pleasure of a birds and bees conversation? You know what? I, I did have the pleasure of the birds and the bees talk um it was very quick and uh, we didn't we didn't really go into depth about it it was more so like you know this is what it is and this is what it's not and bam that's it i don't even remember like the verbiage my dad used but it was it was very quick and short honestly I, you know, my dad knew. He knew the he knew the tea. You know, like he didn't he didn't want to really get into it until he had to, like much later in life, as far as like my 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 queerness. But when he did have this conversation with me, it was very short, and he didn't <clears throat> go into depth about you know condom use or safe sex. You know, you know things that we know now are a part of sex positivity. You know, safe sex and you know, talking about how you like to do it and how to do it and how to protect yourself. Like, we didn't have that conversation. And when I look back over, you know, how lack of context and information my dad really had to give me, I think about the survey that that Glisten did in 2013 where they said that less than 5% of queer kids had identifying um, representation in school about studies that actually reflected who they felt like they are. And then I did, and then I thought about, well, damn, you know, if less than five percent of queer kids in twenty thirteen had affirming information in school, like what happens? Like that then forces them to do exactly what we did: look up information online that's really not appropriate for us to really be looking at, um, and or get information from get information from other kids who generally are misinformed, just like we are. You know, so it's like how how can we be able to like arm young kids and also like how how did we expect to be able to grow up as um sexually healthy adults when we had when we had such poor foundation honestly growing up like i think about you know some of the crazy sexual situations that i've been in that i thought were okay because of maybe um a pop culture reference, you know, something in media or for lack of, a, you know, your brothers, you know, you, your brother's just fucking in the house and, and, and doing all that kind of wild shit. Like, those are the references that I also had to look to. And so it's like, hmm, um, it's like, it's not surprising that there are so many dysfunctional adults in the world, especially queer queer men and queer women who who don't have healthy relationships with sex because honestly there you know what we know is that there, there there's never been you know an outline or anything that really catered towards us to be successful in this realm of being sex positive um where do you think the shame the shame comes from that prevents people from having candid conversations about you know the way they like to have sex you know, their sexual health, 
um, their sexual history, um, <clears throat> so on. So I think forth. in general, especially being West Indian and living in America, there's America is very conservative when it comes to sex. Surprisingly, um, su- surprisingly, because um, even even little things. You know what? I don't. I I think we. I think we're more just patriarch patriarchal Patriarch, yeah. whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. and, and a, mm-hmm. a lot of the conservatism comes from... Is that a word? Conservatism? Yes, it is. Uh, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's uh, comes from patriarchy, but um, being West mm-hmm. Indian, sex is taken a lot less seriously. Um, it's a little more cavalier. Um, there's definitely... A lot of the same patriarchy is definitely in the West Indies. I'm not saying that it isn't. But a lot of things that, like, Americans are so like <gasps> about like you know what I mean we're just kind yeah. of like okay like for instance booty shorts and I know this sounds trivial but like I grew up all the women I grew up around would walk around in booty shorts and a uh like a bra top not a bra top a, um a, a swim top like a swimsuit top right mm-hmm. um and a tank top or something, right? Nothing sexual. It, or they would just wear like a like you know booty uh, booty shorts and a t shirt, and it, it was nothing that was a big deal. Like my mom would do it, and granted, my mom stacked front and the back, right? Right. But that's just the women <laughs> in my family. We just that's how we grew up. Even dancing, we dance with our hips and our waist and our you know what I mean. That's how we. It's it's sexual. But to us, it doesn't really mean much. Like if I, for instance, I can go to Carabana right now and, and, and bubble with a girl and it won't mean shit to me, right? Or I can go, if I, like even now, I don't, when I go out, I don't really dance on people because my version of dancing is like whining and stuff, right? And I don't want to just grind on niggas right. and they want to think you want to fuck or they want to touch you and all that, right? So, and I don't, I got time for all right. that shit to dance, calm down. Um, but... Um, I think because of that, the structure, the, the just the ba- the difference, like even Carab- uh, Carabana or Kadoonment. I remember when Rihanna first went to um, Kadoonment in Barbados, um, crop over, people lost their shit. <laughs> they were like, this whore is in the streets in a bikini and dancing and she's gyrating and how could she? And, and I was like, wait, y'all dead ass? Like, y'all do know there's a kitty carnival with children in pretty much all these places that they do the same exact thing like it's cultural for us it's about you know it's, it's about uh, the good weather and it's about pride and celebrating bodies regardless of size it's about the crops harvesting it's a, it's about a myriad of different things it's not this sexual deviant like thing and i think because of religion mm-hmm. religion has shaped how the majority of us look at sex so you have like a, a, a scope right you have some people that are like ultra conservative who do their dirt on the low and shame everyone for the dirt they do in public. Then you have the other side of that, people who are ultra, like, non-conservative and are almost rebelling against conservatism. So they're like, I'm going to go extra with my shit. (laughs) And then you have people that kind of, like, lay somewhere in the middle where it's like, I can be when I want to be. So because of religion and patriarchy and these things, our our outlook on sex and what's accept, accept acceptable is created for us, and then we have to deconstruct that and then create our own values and identities when it comes to sex. I agree. I agree. I, I think what's interesting is when you talk about <clears throat> um, your native land, like where you're from, and, and how you guys view 
you know, sex in the West Indies because in Africa, you know, there are a lot of um, deities that they worship, mm-hmm. like Ocean, yes. you know, who is a deity of, you know, sex and fertility, mm-hmm. and she's a deity of, a deity, a deity of, you know, owning your sexuality. Yes. She was a siren. the power. Almost. Yeah, yes. And, and, and she used that power to heal herself from mm-hmm. trauma, and, she, you know, she used that power to free um, women and to liberate mm-hmm. them. Ooh, I'm and so glad so you brought I this up about I how to that. Ooh. Yeah, and so I think it's really interesting how, you know, over here, um, those practices, you know, you know, when you talk about religion, it's really, a, it's, it's really, a, it's, it's really binding. And it, it, it takes away the curiosity and the liberation that a lot of women and men have to explore and to be free and, and to use sex in a way that can be really healing and really restorative. Um, and, and I think it adds a lot of the negative stigma that, that we see around sex because we tie sex to, oh, we only can do it when you're married. And and if you don't do it when you're married, then you're going to hell. It's a sin. And if you pleasure yourself, that's a sin. That's bad. Don't do that. And so we begin to form these really negative connotations around sex and around pleasure and around our bodies holistically where we think that, oh, my God, if I please myself, I'm a bad person. You know, and, and let's just talk about, like, what does that really do to your mindset as a young person growing up in a church thinking that if I touch myself, I'm going to hell or something's bad going to happen to me, like, you know, with with that same outlook and that same mantra on life, it really, you, you know, you start to develop just negative feelings all around about the, the aspect in the active sex period. And so I think that when we look at um, American society and we compare it to, you know, what people are doing abroad, we really have this really wayward view on sex. And it is um, almost another another form of um of oppression you know the way that we use it you know men men come uh i, I think it was indiana uh, um indiana state university did 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 a large group uh, a large group study where they found that 91% of men orgasm while only 64% of women orgasm so it's like there's that that that's a staggering difference in people that are actually being pleased um, in the act of sex. And then when you look at the numbers, we're talking about men versus women. We, we already know that there is an unequal, uh, unequal, an unequal balance there and an unequal level of power there. And with sex being tied to patriarchy, with sex being tied to colonizers, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and, and us getting a lot of our information from them, it's not, it's not surprising um, why 91% of men, you know, orgasm and only 64% of women do. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point. Um, and I, I really wanted to expound on that. Um, a lot of, much like you said, the statistics are off when it comes to, to sex because sex is, thanks to patriarchy, it's not taught to be pleasurable on both parties, right? For men, which... Yeah. Let's be real here. It's the reason why the, the, the number is higher for us to ejaculate, right? Is because mm-hmm. with a woman's body, in sex in general, for a mm. lot of women, it's more mental mm. than it is. It's more mental, emotional than it is just physical. Whereas for men, you can put them in the dark 
and have anyone do the same thing and they'll get the same result. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just our bodies tend to respond yeah. differently, right? And that's the, the, the issue with patriarchy and these things because we're taught that sex is only supposed to be for reproduction, right? That's why you have some tribes and some different cultures where they'll literally cut off the clitoris, right? They'll sexually, uh, um, vaginally mutilate women at a very young age for the simple fact of they don't want sex to be pleasurable because they're afraid of what that could lead to for that woman, right? And we brought up... Liberation. mm -hmm, We brought up Ocean earlier, who, if you don't know who Ocean is, please get into her, look into her. Um, She is a river deity uh, for the Yoruba people. And it's Mm O-S-H-U-N, if you don't know how to spell it. And I I was watching the series um, about the divine feminine, right? And about... A lot of the reason why sexuality is criminalized is because of the femininity under it, right? And the power Mm. that feminine energy holds. And this goes back to the conversation we were having, Malik, about being men, right? And we happen to be, you know, we're queer. So we're a little bit more fluid when it comes to our energy, right? We can dip into it less carelessly than a, a, a heterosexual man who's bound by, you know, the constraints of society right so i've come to realize that a lot of the things that people fear or a lot of the things that people hate about sex is the feminine side of it it's the sensual Mm. side of it it's the the power that that the emotional exactly it's the power that all that holds and men never wanted to give that much power to women so they tried to constrict it that's what the bible has done that's what patriarchy has done right let's strip this power away from these women so they don't know exactly how much power they hold but think about it niggas do wild shit over sex men do, do. wars wild are shit. started over pussy yeah real shit yeah. <laughs> niggas get to right shit out that's over women were turned in literally yeah. into property so that things like that couldn't happen that's why they always talk about um like I remember reading this on Twitter. I it honestly for uh, skips my mind who said this, but they were saying that I think it was Aisha on the Grapevine. She was saying that like uh, patriarchy was created for men, right? There was an argument that the, there was an argument being had that patriarchy benefits women more than it does men, right? And she rebuttaled that argument by saying that's completely false. What patriarchy does is it strips away choice and option from women, right? Because let's be let's be mm. real about it. If if patriarchy didn't exist and women could, because the argument was, oh, if it wasn't for patriarchy, men would have multiple wives, and then how would that be beneficial for women, right? And she countered that by saying the reality is not all men would have multiple wives. Certain men would have multiple wives, leaving other men with less without or less wives right because think about it if women really had the choice to choose right and they weren't taught that you belong to you're supposed to belong to one person right if they were if women were really taught to be sister wives the man with the big dick and a lot of money would have way more wives than everyone else (laughs) yeah because let's be real here money holds more weight than pretty much anything. So if women really had the choice and they weren't taught that they were supposed to, you know, value, you look for emotional, you know, support from men and they weren't taught to, to kind of settle 
if women weren't kind of taught to settle for the sake of marriage and for the sake of reproduction, then like the playing field would be a lot less even for those men in the world who ain't got shit, don't look like shit, and can't do shit. Mm. So I know that I went from like divine feminine to like small dicks, but <laughs> that's that really wasn't <laughs> what I was trying to do. It just it was a little lengthy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's that that's cool. But I think I think you brought up an interesting point, which leads which leads me to my next question. So how can we celebrate sexuality as an affirming aspect of human life and development? Because when you talked about patriarchy, we're talking about control. We're talking about an unequal balance. Mm-hmm. But how do we actually, you know, look at sex to something to affirm us instead of something that's been almost like our detriment for the last, I don't know, Forever. century? <laughs> um. Here's the thing. I don't necessarily necessarily know if we need to look at it as something that affirms us. Um, I'll be very honest here. I think a lot of people lean towards sex because there's a lot of other emptiness in their life. I feel like, and I'm going to talk to my gays out there, um, not to single us out, not to say that these issues don't exist amongst queer people. They absolutely do. I feel like a lot of people didn't or don't get attention for things outside of their physical so they rely on that and they look for gratification Mm. they look for highs a lot i think a lot of people are even addicted to that and they do look for sex to gratify their manhood they look for sex to gratify their overall worth they look for sex to make them feel like they're enough and i feel like a lot of the work that Mm -hmm. we aren't doing um, can kind of cause it to be a, a detriment to us, which is why some people, you see them, it's like they always got a man. Like, why do you need someone all the time? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you shouldn't need somebody next to you inside of you or need to be inside of someone all the time in order for you to be okay. You should be able to just be okay regardless of whether you're sexual or not you shouldn't have to consistently lean into or onto that just like you shouldn't have to stifle any sexual energy that you have you should be able to balance and control much like anything else in life portion control balance and and overall control of your 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 juices (laughs) for lack of better words um is what's important so you shouldn't look for it to gratify you but you also shouldn't look for it to 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 stifle any part of you in my personal opinion i could see that i think i think our community the crew community sometimes we have this thing where you know we are always asking well not asking right now we're demanding equality we're we're demanding reform we're we're saying you know fuck tolerance mm-hmm. either Either you come 100 or don't come at all, right? We're asking that from the outside world. But then internally, we, you know, we shame our other community members for the way they want to express themselves. Mm -hmm. I think um, a big, a big thing that is like slut shaming. The other, you know, the other day I was, you know, conflicted on if I was going to post a video of me just dancing, having fun from a song that Mm -hmm. I liked, 
you know, I was afraid of, you know, are people going to say, oh, look at Malik being a hoe or, <laughs> you know, what is this thirst trap he's doing? Or, or you know, or, or, or whatever, like all these things. And it's like, hey, this, you know, my social media is it's, it's yours. It's, it's a living blog. It's mine. It's a living diary. And I'm not it's not a thirst trap. I'm not looking for anyone to inbox me. And I think when we begin to put those connotations on people just living out loud, mm-hmm. it really it 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 adds more stigma to it because then it it becomes demonized and sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, just because I want to dance or post this video with my shirt off doesn't mean that I'm looking for attention. It doesn't mean that I'm, you know, trying to be performative or or trying to lure someone in. Why can't I just be blogging and, and, and posting on my live diary? Um, and I think it's really interesting that, you know, we are you know, often asking the outside world for, for space and for, you know, um, for freedom to be ourselves, but then we don't give our same, our same family members that same, um, autonomy. And, and I really think that's interesting. I really think that, you know, sometimes that, that stems from, you know, you talked about it earlier, a little bit of worth Mm -hmm. and, um, maybe a little bit of projection, you know, I, I'm projecting these feelings onto mm-hmm. you because I don't feel this way about myself. And so, um, you know, I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting. Um, and then it's, 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 I think about times when my sexual desires have been dismissed, mm-hmm. right? The way that I wanted to love one of my first relationships was, was with this older guy. I had no business being with him. He, I was 20. He was like 30 or something like that. And I remember feeling like, yes, you know, I got a man. <laughs> you know, he's a, you know, he's this, he's that. But I remember I, I, um, we were having sex and, you know, I said, hey, you you need to like shave because your your ass hairs they're like they're like scratching me and it's just it's not cool, and I remember that was met with like issue mm. you know like almost like as if he did not want to do mm-hmm. it almost as if like I just should just shut up and I remember feeling really powerless really um I felt like wow like I'm asking. <clears throat> you of something that's really like now I know it's hygienic, you know, to a degree. Um and you are not honoring my request. Um I also m- me and this person, we would have like have like unprotected sex all of the time. And I was like, hey, I think we should stop this. No, I don't want to. You know, so again, another example of like this unequal power. Mm-hmm. You know, again, he's a he's in his I think he was like 30, I was 20. So again, like just this, he was the leader to a degree, although I was fucking young, <laughs> but he was the leader because he knew more than me to a right. degree. Um, and I, I really think about how sometimes we can get into relationships and our sexual desires and our request will be dismissed. And I want to know, has there, has there been a time when the way that you wanted to have sex or something that you desire and it was dismissed and if so what happened um i you know it's so funny the contrarian in me is like well what gives you like right to tell him what to do with his body like he can be hairy if he wants you know that's just me being me um <laughs> but yes actually um i'm gonna tell on myself a little bit here 
and I never okay. talk like this. And Go it's ahead. like I'm literally my skin is literally crawling. Um ah! literally. Yes, crawl, um, bitch, crawl. I'm a little nasty. Just a Ooh, little nasty. Do tell. Um, I enjoy like a spit in the mouth situation from time to time. Uh, oh, <laughs> just a little nasty. Yes. Right? Um, I won't go any further. But my ex okay, actually, okay, okay, it's okay. so funny. He was into it, but like not into it. And he was into it in like a degree. I don't because I don't necessarily look at it as like a degrading thing. Um, I for me, it's one of those situations where like. When I really like someone enough to be in a relationship with you, like, I want all of you. Like, I think there's nothing more attractive or appealing than when someone is like, I like you so much. I find you so attractive that, like, I want all aspects of you. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of intimacy, to me, was an intimacy thing more than it was. And he liked it in, like, a degrading thing. When we were having sex, but like, if I was to like kiss him mm-hmm. and like, this is oh, I'm telling so much of my business. If I was to, <laughs> to kiss him and then like, this wasn't something that I did all the time, but like, anyway, he just didn't care for it all the time. So and it was okay. it was funny. He brought it up to me, and here's the thing: I'm really I'm not someone that pushes someone to do anything they're not comfortable with. That makes me uncomfortable if someone isn't comfortable with something, right? Um, so when he brought it to my attention, I was like, well, damn, we've been doing this for like a while. So why did you wait until, you right, anything. why didn't you say anything? And I felt so bad because I thought he liked it as much as I did because he brought it up like, oh, you like to do so-and-so. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, that shit's hot or whatever. But like secretly... He liked it in a sense of, like, degrading him, like, when I was fucking him, like, spit in my face kind of thing, whereas mm. I I like it like an intimacy thing, like, you know, but it, yeah. it, it was so weird because That's... from that point on, when we did have sex, I didn't even feel comfortable doing it in a way that was degrading to him, although he didn't, he liked that, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. So I've definitely been in that, um space where I've had something that I desire dismissed. But I think, which is why, again, it's important for people to discuss sex before having it. It's And it's important for people to be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. and, like, lay... Th- not necessarily tell everyone your business on the first date, but if we're... Because at the end of the day, I don't know about y'all, when I have sex with someone, my biggest goal and what gets me the most off is seeing them off. Like, I'm yes. some... I'm a, yes. I'm a you-go-first yes. yes. kind yes. of person. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. come until you come. That's just how I operate. I, I'm a pleaser, so I like to see people yeah. pleased. So if if I'm not pleasing you in any sense or any way, or we're doing something that doesn't work for you, it's not gonna work for me. <laughs> so prior to having sex, I think that's why it's really important for people to discuss things, talk it through. This is okay. This isn't okay. Um, here are my hard no's. You know, and right? Go from there. Yeah. Set set your boundaries, set your expectations. And so I think that's why it's really important to know exactly, to know yourself. You know, you know, sex positivity is about being aware of the energy that you have, being aware of, honestly, who you are and what you like, and, and then being able to, you know, have 
have a level of integrity about yourself that you share that, you know, of course, when you're comfortable, of course, when the time is right. But when when you speak what you want, you give people an opportunity like, okay, hey, I'm down with that. I'm not down with that. And you set up your boundaries. You know, you have to definitely set boundaries when you're doing anything. And sex is a huge place where you have to set boundaries. Absolutely. Um, have you ever slut shamed somebody? No. Um, I work. I. I. No. Here's why. No. Right. I'm really like I said. I'm. I'm very big on filtering myself. I do a lot of filtering myself. People don't really get to see the real. And I. I. I, I tweeted about this the other day. Like. I, uh, I I keep so much of myself from the public. <laughs> Not that there's like mm-hmm. an audience mm-hmm. of people waiting for it, but it's it's there just are. my it's my <laughs> that's my my natural state. I don't tell people my business. Um, even like fun, like silly things. Not and this is not like serious things or like sexual things. Um, I'm just talking like basic things, right? Um, so, but be- because of how much I filter myself, and also I'll be even more transparent. I don't. I know what not to do. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like slut shaming, slut shaming yeah. someone is not okay because people have their bodies and their rights, and they can do with their bodies as they please. As long as you aren't harming anyone, as long as everything is consensual, you. I'm one of those people that like, regardless of whether I would do it or not, or regardless of whether I would want to date someone that is doing those things or not. You can do as you please. I'm not going to say anything because I know that's not the right thing to do, right? I don't need to to slut shame you to make you feel worse about yourself. Or I don't need to, like, slut shame you to make me feel better about myself. I'm not one of those people. Like, if you want to be a hoe, I could be thinking, sis, that's not cool. But I'm going to let you do whatever you do because at the end of the day, it's not impeding on my life. It's not hurting me. It's not, you know, you ain't fucking 50 niggas and then coming to my bed. So yeah. I, I, I make an act. And also, again, being a Rihanna stan and then coming up with Rihanna as a younger person and seeing her get slut shamed for everything, like for wearing yeah. a sheer dress or for allegedly dating. Right. Meeting. She could literally just walk out of her hotel and then go to a meeting and come back home. And people created stories about how she didn't went to this person's hotel and fucked it. So because I witnessed that yeah. and I saw how vicious and how violent, how also it was just a lot of projection and a lot of insecurity and a lot of hate mm-hmm. as weird mm-hmm. as it sounds. People might be like, why is that something that relates to you? It, it, it just is. So because I, I saw a lot of that happen, I never wanted to treat anyone that way or, or be that way to anyone. Yeah. So I'm very open-minded. I, mm-mm. but what about you friend? Have you ever slut shamed someone? Yeah. Well, I will, yeah. It, Ignorantly, unfortunately, I have. I think, um, I think that I was just really misinformed early mm-hmm. on in life, and especially growing up in in this digital age when we have all these apps and sex is becoming a lot more accessible, and and sex is you know the way we have sex is is changing daily, especially because of social media, especially mm-hmm. because of you know um, cell phones, and we really have to look at that, and so. I think um, there have been times where I've, you know, slut shamed because someone was hooking up a lot on apps. And it's like, again, to your your point earlier, that's their prerogative. Mm -hmm. You know, people are able to um, use their bodies and express themselves any way that they feel, 
feel fit to, feel mm-hmm. free to. And, you know, I think in the past when I did say things that were inappropriate about people in reference to their behavior, it was out of just a lack of understanding of choice and, and, and also just of the information mm-hmm. that I had. You know, I grew up in a fairly religious household where, um, you know, when I came out to my parents, they sent me to you know, a week-long teen summit at my church to try to fix me. Not conversion. You know, so, bitch, low-key a conversion camp. I remember at this, I remember at this program, um, I asked the deacon, I was like, hey, so when I have these thoughts and these images in my mind, what should I do? And he was like, just pray. (laughs) I remember thinking, I remember thinking, you know, this this is not this just, is bullshit. This is this this is not such just bullshit. Pray. But that's lazy. He said he said he, he said you have to you know pray and ask God to remove these thoughts from your man your mind. And I was like, that's it. That 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 that's the tweet. That's it. That's lazy. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was a very lazy camp, and I definitely came came out gay as, gay as fuck um, <laughs> after it, um, you know, and that was that. Um, I think all in all, um, when it comes down to sex positivity, it's really all about freedom and expression. It's about people's right to live within their own confines of how they see fit. And I think that if you're someone that is limited and informed by one source of information, whether that be religion, whether that be, you know, media, I think it's important for you to have a more Mm well-rounded view. I think you should get curious about what else is out there. You know, see what other sources you can pull up to learn more. Go go look on YouTube and, and watch some TED Talks because there's a lot of information out there that I think is really liberating and that really can give you a new perspective and that will make you more curious. I know... I damn sure am. I've learned so much about, um, you know, about sex and about how, you know, just just, just of, of, about things that I did that were problematic for myself and that were detrimental, and now I know better. And so I think that, um, you know, all you listeners, take some time to, you know, do a little deep dive, do a little overview of maybe some maybe the way you have sex maybe the way you view sex maybe the way you view people and their freedom absolutely Absolutely. yeah so you guys that is the growing up gay for the week Vaughn is anything else that you want to add I do think I want to touch on the importance of sex positivity to us um in like a social sense because you were you know how you were talking about thirst traps and such yeah. Um, you know what's really funny? I actually had this discussion with my friend the other day, cause she she went to my Instagram. Somebody is my friend that I haven't like talked to talk to in a few years, and she was like, "I called you because I went to your Instagram. I didn't see anything, right?" And she was like, "I thought I was gonna see mm-hmm. pictures of you or something." <laughs> and she was like, "You don't." Why? She's like, "Why don't you post anything?" She's like, "You've never posted." She's like, "As long as I've known you since high school, you've never been someone like even on MySpace and on Facebook and stuff that would like." post a bunch of pictures or whatever right um mm-hmm. and it when we were talking about shaming people that like post thirst straps and all that kind of stuff and where that can come from i was thinking about it and i think the reason why i don't do that is because and i'll be very honest here i don't personally understand why people feel the need to always take pictures of themselves and then post it online it's something that i've even 
consider discussing with a therapist like is it like a mm-hmm. worth thing where I don't feel like I'm worthy of that but I don't think that's it um, for me personally I just feel like there's a lot of effort that goes into it like I always <laughs> I always say this like whenever I see people post thirst straps and stuff I'm always like but was it really worth it like did you get what mm. you wanted from that? Because I feel like that just took you a long time. Like, you had to set up the, the... Especially because people, like, go to lengths for thirst traps. They yeah. record them. They edit them. There's usually some kind of setting up of the scene in the area. There's there's just... I feel like there's a lot that goes into it. And it's, I, I always wonder if there's something wrong with me because I don't really ever seek... And this is probably an issue. Cause even, and my mom... It's funny. My mom even, like, she'll get annoyed with me because I don't take enough pictures. I don't like, you know, <laughs> I don't even, and it's funny because she, at first she used to be like, oh, you're just like your dad. He's the same way. And then last uh, summer we were at, have celebrated my dad's 60th birthday. And she was like, you know what? She, she put me to the side. She's like, you know what? You know how you don't like taking pictures? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, it's not your dad because he actually loves taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I don't know why I didn't realize that. And then we both started laughing because my dad really, he, my dad loves a picture, especially of like his yeah. family. He, my father, he loves a picture. Um, but for yeah. whatever reason, I find I have an issue with like taking, especially while I'm doing something like at a concert, if I'm out with friends or anything, I have an issue with being like, yes, people need to see me doing this. Right. Mm. And I think because I've reconciled that I have that quote unquote issue. I don't know if it is an issue or not. I just I don't think anyone cares enough or that I'm important yeah. enough or nece- like it's necessary enough for me to like let people know. Oh, my God, I just got my haircut. Oh, my God, I'm wearing this outfit because I'm going to like, you know what I mean? I've I've I, because yeah. I've reconciled that. Right. I've understood. I understand that that's me. But what I also understand is other people feel the exact opposite of that. And my I grew up with them. Yes. My mother. If you go to my mom's house, she has pictures of herself everywhere. My yeah. my older brother, he's like that. My father, he's like that. So I don't put any malice behind people the, the people that think like that or put any um, you know negative connotations around people that think like that. Like I'm not one of those people like oh you're so full of yourself with all your pictures. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I understand that since mm-hmm. I don't care mm-hmm. to post pictures, I shouldn't care that other people do post pictures but i will say i do sometimes and again this is, goes back to like and it, it probably could be viewed as sex uh, as a uh, sex shaming right i do always question people when they do that i'm like did you get what you wanted out of that maybe you did but did you really get what you wanted out of that <laughs> yeah you know yeah 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 i think that's an interesting point especially when Earlier I said, you know, my social media, it's my world. It's my blog. And it's a small piece. It's a small glimpse into my world. And I think, um, I think that people post and, 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 and I've heard people like talk about this. People post on social media sometimes because they really want to see themselves. Mm -hmm. They really want to see themselves projected and they, and they want to see, you know, their images in an archive-like fashion right. to be able to go back and, like, say, this right. is me, you know? Um, and and I think that's really affirming for some people, especially people that aren't used to seeing themselves, you know? I have a friend um, named um, Fatima Jamal who talks about, you know, she's a fat trans black mm-hmm. woman. And she talks about, you know, imagery and how, you know, 
we don't, first thing first, fat black women, that's not, it, you know, although fat black women have worked tirelessly to get themselves in major campaign mm-hmm. ads and, 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 and fashion shows and, and all these things, they're still working. But um, there's still a lot of work to be done for the playing field to even. be even, if it ever will right. be even. And so I think when we talk about desirability and imagery, there is a desire for people that are um, marginalized to mm-hmm. see themselves, especially people that are, you know, three times marginalized, fat, black, trans right. woman, you know, four Ooh. times. And so, you know, right. And so I think that there is a level of importance for some as long as you're using it in a way I think that's mm-hmm. healthy and only you can you know decide what's healthy right. for you you and your therapist whatever <laughs> not you and but your therapist but I do think there's <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you know you and your mental health professional I I do think there is a certain level of um you know, of need there for people to see images yeah. of themselves and for others to see those affirming images of people living out loud, people yeah. smiling, people doing things, you know, people just having a normal life, especially when, um, unfortunately, we know that we can't expect to see those images displayed in magazines, those images displayed on TV, movies, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. Yeah. That's true. That's really true. Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's Growing Up Gay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with On the Timeline. Hey, it's Malik, and thanks for listening to Growing Up Gay. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to our show and share it with your friends and family and let them know that you love our show. Now let's get back into the episode. All right, so we are back with this week's On the Timeline. Um, <laughs> Six in the morning. <laughs> it, oh, it's no, it's five, five in the morning. morning. And I'm not talking uh, dirty to you. Come on, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Anyway, so if, you, if this is your first time listening to this week's uh, uh, to our podcast please ignore the singing and uh, on the timeline is as the title suggests it's when we discuss things that are popular on social media things that are happening on the timeline whether that be Facebook Twitter Instagram every time every time T.S. Madison get out of my head um (laughs) um, so Christian Mingle (laughs) I love T.S. Madison she's hilarious um, so yes, the first thing that we have on the docket is <laughs> <laughs> is Yaya Mayweather. Um, Yaya Mayweather is the daughter, nineteen-year-old uh, daughter of Floyd Mayweather, um, the boxer that can't read. Um, <laughs> she. <laughs> surprise surprise is in the news for doing something violent uh this young lady is dating a rapper by the name of nba young boy who looks like he bites people um (laughs) and (laughs) i'm just saying he looks like he barks and bites people i'm listen if I was walking I mean, by his talk. house, I mean, he he looks like put it on a leash between nba put it on a leash Yeah. So 
Yaya is dating and be a young boy. Um, apparently, while at his home, um, his baby mother, uh, his alleged baby mother, I'm not sure if young lady is actually pregnant or not, um, stopped by. Um, mm-hmm. And somehow or another, she ended up getting stabbed multiple times by Yaya Mayweather. Yep. So this news was really unfortunate to me for a myriad of reasons. One, to see a a pretty 19-year-old who not that's not even a silver spoon, that's a platinum spoon. Because I mean, there's a lot of things that Floyd Mayweather can't do, read, write, um, you know, comprehend possibly. But something he can do is make a lot of money. And he's made yeah. a shit ton of money. So to see someone that comes from that um, be, in the, be well, in the news for stabbing someone. And then also, can I just say, again, with the need to show share with everything that's happening in your life, why? I would like to know why this vicious bloodbath of a scene was just posted online. Not from like... A crime scene photo, but like just posted to to the to the live. Why? Yeah. So Yaya is now facing forever and a day in jail, all behind um, apparently NBA young boy and this lady still having relations, or you know what? A mess is all I'm gonna say. This this shit is a mess. It's really unfortunate. It's a mess. Um, I hope the young lady is okay. She's gonna, she's gonna make a full recovery. Um, she's and gonna be fine. Yaya says, if you go to jail, and this is the thing, can I? I just, I want everyone that's in a relationship that's toxic to just come here, just lean in, <laughs> lean in. Uh huh. If you do the crime, and you then have to do the time, you're not gonna be around the nigga that you did the, the crime over. So you're gonna lose on both ends. It's like. How, where's the win in this yeah where That's is true. the win I just want people to think about that before they make violent decisions in the name of a, a person that is not a mother anyone where is the win in this because say he was cheating and sleeping with other women and you're taking your anger out on that woman and now you're gonna go to jail all you're doing is creating more opportunity for him to be out there messing with other women. Yeah. So, sis, although there are, you know, rumors going around that apparently she didn't do it and she's just taking the rap for him, that he did it, which I kind of believe, because did you see the video of him? I didn't see the There's video, There's a video no. of him arguing with Kodak Black. Uh, well, Kodak Black is a rapper from Florida, Miami, who is actually in jail, so <laughs> it's a lot going on here. Um, and he replied to the story that was posted on Shade Room, um, Kodak, that is, essentially stating that the young man is the one that committed the crime and that he's, um, he's a a bitch ass nigga for allowing her to take the blame. Right. Um, Mm. so then NBA young boy (laughs) went again, posted it live to to the, to the web. I don't know why y'all feel the need to share everything. And responded to that and the other claims in there. 
And he's he's a seemingly very violent person, so I wouldn't be surprised. And I also think that young lady seems to be in an abusive situation, mentally, emotionally, possibly physically. Yaya, that is. Um, so I'm, I just want to say, I ain't going to lie and say I'm going to pray for her because I'm not. I don't really care that much. But I am going to say well wishes, sis. Well wishes. Bless up, sis. Well wishes, because no. In more saved and sanctified news, uh, <laughs> the Clark Sisters movie. <laughs> A lifetime production, um, massive hit. By the way, they were the, the it is the highest rated original lifetime movie. It garnered over two point seven million um, views when it aired, um, and is a, a massive success for Lifetime. Friend, did you watch it? Did you enjoy? Did you learn? I did not. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to oh, see. Oh, really? It. Um, and I ha- I still haven't seen it yet. I want to see it, but I did. Um. Denise Clark Bradford's son, who is the estranged mm-hmm. sister from the group, her son did um, a stage play on the Clark sisters several years oh, ago. Wow. And he went on Instagram Live, um, and he is alleging that at least two of the scenes from the movie, I mean, well, from the the, the TV movie are... Fabricated? Verbatim. Yeah. Oh, well, they're real. No, okay. well, are are verbatim from his stage play, like the exact same scene. And so um, he went and like did like a side by side of his scene and then the other scene. And Uh, wait, based on what I see, it is, it is. Sorry. If it's something that actually happened, then wouldn't it be? Well, what he's saying is. They copied him. uh, They copied him. They copied the theatrics. They copied the moment. They copied you know, just the semantics and I guess the the the, the way it was executed mm-hmm. in the movie, he's saying is the same way he executed it in, in his stage play. To your point, if it's fact, then it's <laughs> right. the same way. Um, but to his point, he's just saying that, mm, y'all was watching my mm. shit. That, that's what he's saying, mm. yeah. But no, I, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. Did you watch it? Did you I like actually it? did. It's funny. I was, uh, t- I was t- talking to my mother and I was like, oh my God, the Clark Sisters movie is coming on. And she's like, who? <laughs> and Ooh, it just reminded me, it. West Indian people do gospel way different. So she wasn't familiar, but I actually made her watch it. I was introduced to the Clark Sisters in gospel choir in high school um, by my uh, teacher. Um, so I have a lot of respect for their vocal ability, uh, the things that they've pioneered in regard to singing and dynamics and, and, um, layering and harmony and all that stuff. So I was actually super, super excited, uh, to watch the movie. Um, it was done really, really well. How it was a little, I feel like there's a lot of movies that are two and three parts and you're like, girl, y'all really could have just, y'all could have just made this one part. Um, and I feel like this movie is the complete opposite. Um, they rushed past like the last 20 to 30 years of their life. It focused heavily mm. on the their beginning and kind of their journey to, to stardom and then the mom's passing. It, it almost feels a little bit more like a, a story about their mother than them. That's what that's what the commentary seems yeah. like. I, I feel like I, I, see, I see a lot of people reflecting on their mother's story, Dr. Maddie yes. Clark. Um, um, and... I thought that was interesting, especially when it was a movie about the Clark right. sisters. It seemed like they weighed heavily on their mother's story, which is fine. You know, the she mother the, definitely, the I'm sure, yeah. was was instrumental in you know putting them together and developing them. But I thought that was interesting that a lot of people talked about 
um, them spending a lot of time, almost to your point, too much time yeah. on her individual right. story. Because it, it, like I said, there's like twenty or thirty years that they just hit fast forward on, <laughs> which is, I guess, is fine because yeah. the movie is still good. Um, I just think it would have been a more interesting to because there's allegedly some um, infidelity. Um, there is some sister sister beef that wasn't you know expounded upon in the movie so overall though it was really good shout out to queen latifah shout out to missy um mary, mary. j blige for making this happen and again this just goes to show when black stories are done well and told properly they hold yep. weight all right they hold weight and and they do well people are interested right. People are interested in black stories and all black casts as long as, you know, like you said, people put their resources mm-hmm, behind them. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, of all black cinema, Insecure is back. Yes. Insecure is back. Um, were you able to watch the return? Unfortunately, I've been so disconnected from it. <laughs> I've been so busy with just my own little life, right. my own little bubble. I haven't seen Insecure. I haven't seen the Clark Sisters. I'm going to watch all Well, you of have this. time. It's just... Yeah, I, I have time, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I hear that, you know, the characters are really doing a lot of new development this year. Yeah, it's it was a good uh, first episode back. I do wish, and I know HBO doesn't do hour long comedies. That's what I've been told and um, informed. Uh, but I do wish they would make the beginning the 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 first episode and the last episode the finale long like an hour long just because the show has been gone for a year so i personally feel like they had a lot to catch up on and they kind of didn't yeah um to be fair the characters aren't that much further along in life so it's not like someone had a baby and and it's just like where does child come from <laughs> as a matter of fact right. the person that was pregnant is still pregnant um right <laughs> so um but i do wish there would have been an hour to to really kind of delve into the story because I think my gripe with Insecure is that it's a, a great story but it's trying to tell so much so quickly that some of it kind of gets mm. you know misplaced but um it was a good episode back I'm really excited for this season um I also just want to say this is just me being petty please stop com- uh, comparing Insecure and Girlfriends please because they're no they're not the same like they're not they're nowhere near they're the not. same um, Nowhere near. I saw same. people comparing, um, saying that um, Molly is Tony and Joan. Uh, um, sorry, Molly is Tony and Issa is Joan. Y'all clearly don't know girlfriends, and y'all are upsetting me and my homegirls because I stand for girlfriends. How? And no, that is very wrong. It's very, very wrong. If anything, Molly is Joan, and yeah. Issa is nobody because there is no Issa in the girlfriends cast. No shade. Nobody like, is like Easton right. Now. So yeah. um yeah, but I, I like I said I am looking forward to this season. Um, it should be it should be a good one. I have a feeling that Molly and Issa are gonna fall out real quick. Um, real Ooh. quick. Um, speaking of falling out, Pondy Instagram. Since everyone is at home uh, and bored, everyone is live, um, including Diddy and his children. So mm. Diddy and his children, um, they threw an all-day dance, literally all-fucking-day dance party where they, for literally all day, up until, like, 1 a.m., were on Instagram. I don't know what kind of deal he has with Instagram because everybody else gets kicked out after, like, an hour and a half hour. But Diddy's Instagram was going strong <laughs> for a good 12 a good twelve hours. Um, and during that dance party, he had Jennifer Lopez, he had Drea, he had... Um, Lizzo, he had 
a myriad of, of actors, singers, performers. Kelly, Kelly Rowland popped one, through. By the way, Kelly's new song is nice. It's cute. It's a little short. Wish I had a bridge, but hey, shout out to Coffee. Cute. She's gorgeous and stunning. Cute little bop. Yes. I definitely wish I had a bridge. Right, or and, a cute little uh, outro. Her body looks, yeah. yeah, her body, her body looks Sickening. amazing. Sickening. Like, mm-hmm. sis, where's the waist? Anyway. <laughs> like, Kelly looks like a goddess yes, in that absolutely. video. Absolutely. But back mm-hmm. to Lizzo. Um, while um, making her appearance on Diddy's All Day Dance-a-thon, um, you know, everyone was having a good old time. Miss um, Lizzo was feeling the beat um, and began to bend over and twerk um, on a good, is it, what is it, Easter Sunday? Yeah, it was Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, which yep. caused Diddy to be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 calm down." <laughs> um, and that's verbatim. And then he stopped the audio <laughs> and was kind of like, "Ooh, it's Easter Sunday. We gotta, you know, you know, that that might not be appropriate." He didn't say this. He was very nice about it. Um, but essentially, sis, stop. You're doing too much. A um, few hours later, Drea ended up. Um, making an appearance. Um, and then she began to, they played back that ass up. I will note it was the edited version. Um, that makes sense later. Um, and she, she was kind of twerking. Not like, not like a vulgar. She was like fun twerking. Like, Ooh, she was fun twerking. I'm shaking but twerking my ass. Nonetheless. Ooh. Um, to which Diddy and his sons were all, you know, here for. Um, so this of course, you know, go to our last episode. A lot of that discussion can apply here. Um, yep. People started questioning whether or not it was, you know, fat phobia or, um, you know, whether he was shaming one body or, or the other uh, in preference for the other by stopping Lizzo and not stopping Drea from twerking. Um, do you want to add to this, friend? Okay. No, I, just, I, I mean, I think, I just think it's ironic. Mm-hmm. I think... Even if it wasn't intentional, it just really speaks to our subconscious of what we think is a, of what we think is mm-hmm. too much of what we think is inappropriate when it comes to image and aesthetics and mm-hmm. looks. I think this example really shines a light to um, when we look at big people that are bold and that are doing things. We we often um, look at it from from a point of view as of being too much. Right. Um, and I think this is a good example of that. Like, why was Lizzo stopped dead in her tracks? But that same thought process, it, it didn't even cross his mind to say, hey, Drea. Right. Did he... Stop all that shit. He did actually re- respond to the allegations uh, by saying that what he was stopping wasn't her twerking, which is, he said, why he never mentioned that. Um, it said that she was playing music that had, like, a lot of cursing in it, whereas Drea's Back That Ass Up song was the uh, G-rated version. There was no cursing. There was no explicit lyrics, et cetera, et cetera. Now, whether you want to believe that, Diddy's son Christian also took to Instagram and was like, Lizzo is, you know, fam. He's posted her twerking before. He was, there was no shaming of her body. It's just that it was Easter Sunday and that everything else they've played up until that part was the um, edited version. There was no cursing. And then she played something with cursing in it now whether you choose to believe that or not is up to y'all i'm gonna leave that on y'all discretion yeah all only thing mm-hmm. i want to add to this is that lizzo sis um i don't know how you did it 
I would have been extremely embarrassed. <laughs> um, my face would have cracked and I would have felt like shit. Uh, but I like, I, like I will say, Diddy did a good job of not making it about her body or about, he didn't even mention the twerking, which I'll give him some credence and some grace for that. But, you know, I personally thought it was a lot too, I ain't gonna lie. Cause I was like, damn, sis went straight to let me, <laughs> like, she, she did, went straight. She did, like, like, and she was she, wearing, she went and, and this, sis was wearing not that much. Um, cause her ass was out. It was out. I ain't, I'm not gonna hold you. I am not trying to shame her, but her ass was out. Drea was wearing pajamas. Like a full, like granny pajama, like pajama drama. And Lizzo was like yeah. here to give body, which, you know, she always gives body. Um, so yeah, leave that up. That's up to inter- personal interpretation. You cannot believe them or choose to believe them. All that I will say is if it is fat phobia, it wouldn't be surprising. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So friend, do you have anything else you wanted to add for on the timeline? Nope, nope, nope. That's, That's it. That's it. Uh, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have a spill it this week. If you missed our spill it from last week, uh, please go back to last week's episode and take a listen to that. And if you don't know what our spill it segment is, that is where you guys can send us questions or emails about topics or things that you're going through that you would like to hear us discuss. Um, or you can even just shoot us an email and tell us things you'd like to hear us talk about. It doesn't have to be included as a spill it, but... If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss or anything you want to share with us, please feel free to do so. You can reach out to us um, via email at growinguppgay uh, at gmail.com. Again, that's growing, no G, growinguppgay at gmail.com. Vaughn at growinguppgay.com. Malik at growinguppgay.com. Or you can follow us on the social media. Um, you can yeah. follow me on Twitter at underscore V-A-U-N. And on Instagram at Vonogram. And Malik, where can they follow you? You can follow me everywhere at Malik Khalid Yoga. So thank you all for tuning into this week's episode. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your ass as well. Um, (laughs) And um, be good. Yeah. Holla back.